Welcome to the Show Up Podcast with me, your host, Natalie Norton. This podcast is all about having the courage to be a really good human and living the kind of life that genuinely fires you up every single day. Are you ready to become your best self and truly show up for your life, come what may? Me too. Let's do this thing. I know you, you understand me, babe. Girl, you're my best friend. Welcome to episode number nine of the Show Up Podcast, you guys. I am in Logan, Utah, freezing to death. It is so, so cold. It was only 21 degrees today when I left the hotel, and I honestly just started shaking my head, and I just kept saying over and over again to myself, like squealing as I jumped into my car, I am just not built for this. Um, I can't even believe it. And it snowed last night, which I guess is a good thing because I can handle cold better when it's beautiful. When it's blanketed in snow, I can do better than I can when it's just like gray and dead. And Logan is so beautiful with all the mountains and the snow. So I'm going to say some good things about it too, because it really is a special place. Just also a very cold special place. And I'm telling you all of that because I am recording in my hotel room and I refuse to turn off the heater. So you may hear it kick in every now and then throughout this episode, but I am so sorry. I refuse to turn it off because I, no, no, sir, not a viable option for this lady right here. Um, And also in the hotel room, I went to go and record in the closet because that's like a really good place to record. There's, it's like muffled, you know, it's a good place to record so that you don't get echoes and whatever. And my hotel room doesn't have a closet. And so you guys should see the ridiculous space where I am crouched right now recording this episode. It is just the silliest thing. I'm like in between this tiny, like one and a half foot space in between the bed and the wall. And I've like smushed pillows up all around me to hopefully muffle some of the, um, vibration or echo or reverberation or whatever it is. I don't know what I'm doing. But um, anyway, you guys, I am so happy to have you here for episode number nine. Um, Thank you so much to all of you who entered the ratings and reviews contest. You guys, you guys, I am so excited to announce our winner or winners, plural, next week on episode number 10. Um, This has just been such a fun, fun contest. And I want you all to know from the bottom of my heart, just how grateful I am to every single one of you who listens. And for those of you who've gone the extra mile and left a rating or review, and to those of you who share with your friends and your colleagues and your family members, um, it just means the world to me. And this project um, has already just brought so much fulfillment and joy into my life. And I really just pray that it is blessing yours as well. So Thank you again and again, and I will announce that winner or those winners, plural, next week on episode number 10. Have you ever had a project um, or a goal or um, maybe it's like a business that you want to start or some kind of creative endeavor, really anything? that you have experienced resistance to. Um, And what I mean is finding every opportunity you can to procrastinate it 
or you get going and you just cannot push through halfway through you quit and you're just so exhausted you can't you know you can't overcome um, the exhaustion and the resistance that you feel um, I've been there like a million times and it is such a frustrating feeling and one of the things that I always used to to do to myself is I would tell myself um, that I was lazy or I would tell myself that um, I was like self-sabotaging, you know? And what I've realized in my life and especially over the last few um, months is how much I'm capable of doing when I think I've hit my limit. And that is not to say that we should push ourselves to the point of burnout. That is not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is that we are capable of so much more than we realize. And as an example today um, here in Logan, in the freezing cold, just kidding, I was inside, but um, I'm consulting on a project here and um, we had a nine and a half hour work day today. And we're talking nine and a half hours without a break. Like we even worked through lunch and that's not very common. You know, I don't think it's healthy in the long run to work that, um, that hard without like even just 10 minute breaks here and there to sort of stretch and run around. But given the nature of the project and given the time constraints, um, particularly for me coming in from out of town and how um, integral I am to the, the stage of the work, um, we really just had to push through and we're, we did it yesterday and we're going to do it again tomorrow. And um, it's just been crazy. But what I've realized is that if I can push through that moment when I just feel like I am so over it and normally I'm done mentally before I'm done physically, like my brain is just starting to shut down and then my body gets tired and then I'm droopy and then I'm, I just have a hard time focusing or a hard time contributing at the level that I want to. And usually if I can just push through that and just stay in the space and really, really commit there is right on the other side of that a resurgence of energy and passion. And I've come to think of it sort of as a barrier to entry, um, almost like a test of my capacity or my willingness or my passion <laughs> for the project. And I'm not going to say that it's healthy in every single situation. However, I do think that we are capable of a lot more than we think that we are. And of course, we need seasons of rest and rejuvenation in between. And of course, over the long run of our businesses and lives, um, we need to have built in a healthier, more sustainable structure. But I think that a lot of times we cut ourselves short as it relates to what we're actually capable of. And we allow ourselves to give in to resistance or distraction. Um, and a lot of times it's not really because we're tired and it's not really because we're burnt out. A lot of times it's because we don't know what step to take next right? We get confused by um, how big the project is, or we get to a place where there's some resistance because, you know, maybe it's a writing project and we're stuck. We have writer's block, or maybe um, it is like a cleaning project and suddenly it's really chaotic and unorganized. And so we just don't even know what to do next. And it's during those phases, a lot of times that we do start to shut down and disengage from the work. And it's during those periods where we will find anything we can um, in order to halt our progress. And it's during those little bumps in the road where all of a sudden this project feels insurmountable, right? At the beginning, we had all this passion and all this excitement. We were revving to go. And then all of a sudden we got into the drudgery of it and we're just like, oh my gosh, this is the never ending project and it's never going to be finished. However, 
if we can push through that, I find that there rarely is that much left to do. (laughs) Usually it's at that point of burnout when we are so close to breakthrough. And that's not always the case, but my encouragement for each of us today and in this episode is to be willing to stay in the space and to wait for the breakthrough, to have confidence that the breakthrough is coming. The breakthrough is coming in your relationship. The breakthrough is coming in your creative project. The breakthrough is coming in your business. And staying in that mindset and keeping that level of optimism um, you know, I, I tend to be pragmatic and I tend to be a realist, but I refuse to throw out the reality that optimism and that positive thinking and that hard work don't create an energy that really supports success. There is just something about staying in a positive mental space that really sincerely um, magnetizes success to us, that keeps us in um, that lane where success is found. And I know it is hard. And I have quit more projects in the middle than I could even count on all my fingers and all my toes. But um, maybe it's partially just as I get older. I don't know. Um, But all of a sudden in my life, I realize that There's not all the time in the world to do all the things in the world. And I'm becoming more and more selective about what I'm willing to take on. And a part of that process is being really, really willing to stay with the things that I choose, to not let myself get so overwhelmed and discouraged that I jump ship, right? Because I know that these things matter to me. And when I do feel that urge to jump, when I do feel that urge to like get out of Dodge and just like call it a day, I go back to the reason I selected this project in the first place, the reason that it matters to me. And here's a perfect example, this podcast episode right here. After a nine and a half hour day, I come back to my hotel room and I realize, oh my gosh, I've got to get this audio over to my producer like today. Like I can't wait. It has to be over to him today. And I am so tired. I'm so tired. And I wanted to just be like, oh, you know what? It's no big deal. If, if a podcast episode doesn't go out next week, it won't be the worst thing in the world. Or, you know what? Maybe my producer can can just, you know, I can pay him a little more and he can do it earlier. Or um, maybe he'll be willing to just like put a rush on it or whatever. But two things came up. Number one was me remembering how much this podcast matters to me and me being willing to push through because the value that I've placed on it in my life and um, the the way that I've prioritized it and the commitment that I have in my soul and why I chose to do it in the first place, those things are so big and so strong that I'm willing to work a little bit harder, to push through some exhaustion in order to stay committed to this project because it matters so much to me. And then second, I just think about commitment and about promises and about the kind of person that I want to be. You know, in a previous episode, um, I think it was your best year yet, um, maybe part two, I don't remember, but somewhere back either episode two or three, um, we talked about values. And then subsequently in another episode, we talked about values with Dr. Samantha um, on her episode, Overcoming Overwhelm. And I really thought about my values. And one of my values is being within integrity to the people that I work with and following through on deadlines and commitments um, out of respect for them and for how hard they work. And so given those two things, given my remembrance of how much this matters to me and 
in order to stay aligned with my values, I decided that no matter what, even if it's not the best content, even if it isn't my best episode ever, I'm going to do it because I said that I would. I'm going to do it because I am worth making and keeping commitments to. It's not just about my podcast team. It's not just about you guys. Yes, it is about you guys. And yes, it is about my production team, but it's also about me. It's also about me standing up in my life and saying, you know what, Natalie, what you have committed to matters. You keeping commitments to you, that matters. And you made those commitments when you were in your right mind, when you were in a really healthy space, when you had a lot of clarity and a lot of direction and a lot of peace. And right now in a moment of exhaustion and hunger and you know, you're know you jet lagged, you've been working really hard, that is not the, the brain space from which you get to choose to back down on something that you committed to something that matters so much to you. And, um, it's just, it's, it's just been such a, 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 a wonderful experience, even just getting the equipment out and realizing, um, the way that my self-trust is increasing through this process. Um, I feel like I've got my own back. You know, a lot of times on this podcast, I've talked about being your own best friend. And I want to be honest always with you guys. I don't have any of this stuff nailed. Like it's not stuff that is just comes naturally and I've got it all figured out. On the contrary, like one of the reasons I love this podcast and one of the reasons that this project matters so much to me is that it allows me space to continue to explore, to continue to expand. It gives me a structure to my own development. It helps me um, to continue learning because as again, as I've mentioned before, in order to lead, you've got to learn. Leaders are learners. And again, I don't have it all figured out at all, but I'm learning and I'm leaning into all of this in my own life too. I'm walking along with you. And that idea of being your own best friend and having your own back, um, in this moment, I'm just really celebrating that and and experiencing how great it feels um, to really show up for myself and to encourage myself to do what I know in my deepest heart matters, even though right now it's really hard and even though it's not something I was super excited about. Um, another lesson that comes to my mind through this process is what I, I posted on Instagram a few days ago, um, the idea that a life in motion, like divine guidance, um, shows up for a life in motion. And I also think that when we're in motion, we generate our own enthusiasm. We 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 might feel down and, and um, discouraged, or we might feel as though like we're in the mess of the project, right? We're in the messy middle, or we're having a hard time even getting started. But there's, and there's an energy that is connected to that, right? There's an energy of feeling down and feeling um, low and feeling discouraged or overwhelmed or whatever. And the best antidote for that is to get up and get moving because there is something about the energy that is generated in motion. You know, you would think that motion would make you more tired, but the reality is the opposite is true. Anytime I have felt down, anytime I felt overly exhausted, getting up and getting moving has really helped generate the the energy that I didn't think I had. Um, it per- Motion perpetuates more motion, right? And um, gosh, it's just such a phenomenal thing. So all that mumbo jumbo and train of thought, philo- philosophical, whatever, Natalie monologue aside, I want to share with you a few ways that I have learned um, over the years to really be able to stay in the space and push through when things are hard. And some of them are seriously so silly. And um, 
But, not and, but they are also incredibly effective, I promise you. And I'm gonna share a few stories here um, from my own life and from times when I have put those very those very things into motion. Um, when I was in college, when I, um, I think I was maybe like a sophomore in college and I was so tired. It was finals week and I remember I had all of these English literature classes that semester and the amount of reading that I had to do was just ridiculous that semester. And then, of course, all of these different, um, oh, there's the heater. Sorry, guys. If you can hear that, I apologize. (laughs) But I don't apologize that much because I do not want to freeze to death. Um, But the amount of, of reading that was required was just absurd. And then in addition to that, all of these different tests are essay tests, right? And so there's so much writing and so much reading and the part of my brain that was needed to do all of that. I was just so spent. And I remember I was walking out of the one of the buildings and headed to the library and I just seriously wanted to just die. Like I just felt like I was going to fall down and just start crying. I was so discouraged and I was just so tired and it wasn't even like the kind of tired where you haven't gotten enough sleep. It was the kind of tired where you're just emotionally and and mentally spent. And I was starting to feel kind of depressed. Like I felt like I didn't have what it took to to show up in the way that I wanted to because I'd worked really hard all semester and I just felt like here I was at the very end of things and I was going to drop the ball because I just didn't have the mental capacity. And um, I just had this thought like, you've got to shake this off. Like you've got to right now rally and figure out how you can show up in this situation and give your best, right? And so I set my books down and I went into the bathroom and I went into a bathroom stall And I call this the bathroom dance. It has an actual name. And I have shared this with so many friends and so many clients. And often when a friend or a client texts me or reaches out and just talks about certain things that that they're having a hard time with that day, self-motivating or whatever that thing may be, I will write back those words, simply bathroom dance. And I tell you what, like 90% of the time, this does the trick, okay? Um, I just started to sing in my head as loud. I was like scream singing in my head. That song, You're Walking on Sunshine, or I'm Walking, I'm Walking on Sunshine. You know what I mean? Anyway, I was like scream singing that in my head. And I started to dance like a lunatic, not like dance party cool, like dancing, not even like silly, funny, being a maniac dancing, like flailing arms, kicking my legs, shaking every bit of my body, every which way. Like I was the craziest crazy on planet Crazyville. And I started to laugh because the ridiculousness of the entire thing was not lost on me. (laughs) And I just danced and danced and sang that song in my head as loud and as crazy as I could. And after about 30 seconds, I felt so much better I felt like I had a new lease on life. I took a couple of deep breaths and I went back out, picked up my books, went to the library and I had all the energy and all the enthusiasm and all the confidence I needed. Um, it did two things for me. Of course, like there's energy because you're breathing deep and you're, you know, you're singing and you're dancing, you're having fun. But there's also something about just laughing for a second. It just kind of took the load off and it makes things not seem like life and death. You know what I mean? Like it makes it seem as though yeah, this is a big deal, but ultimately 
it's not like the end of the world. Do your best and that's enough. And having that sort of silliness to break up the pattern um, of such intensity was just so powerful. And so I'm telling you right now, you guys, laugh all you want, call me crazy, bathroom dance, it works, try it, you will thank me, I swear on my life. Okay, second tip slash example from my own life. We were in Arizona and um, it was when she was getting his master's degree and we lived there for a little while. And we were in the process of writing his book, The Power of Starting Something Stupid, at the same time that he was in a really aggressive master's program. And I would wake up some mornings, get the kids off to school and just want to climb back into bed. I was so tired. Um, I was like, really, I'd been really anemic. And so I was just tired kind of in general. Um, and I tended to get sort of depressed and discouraged um, because of the anemia and then the exhaustion from writing the book. And it was just this cycle where I just felt like I did not have what it took. And I remember curling up in like little patches of the carpet where the sun would shine and just taking like five centering breaths. And that was it. Just telling myself for the next five breaths, the only thing that I am going to focus on is the feeling of the air entering my nostrils and exiting my nostrils. And the only thing I'm gonna feel and focus on is the feeling of the sun on my face or on my back. And really tuning in for those five breaths to all of my physical sensations rather than focusing on all the thoughts in my head or all the things going on all around me. Um, Focusing in on those physical sensations allowed me to drop everything else. And even if it was only for the space of five breaths, it was so centering and it cleared me up so much. And anytime I did that, I was able to return to the task, specifically writing, with so much more energy and so much more confidence and clarity. And it seems so silly that in the space of five breaths that you could just recenter yourself so completely. But I promise you, that it can be done. And I promise you, I did it over and over and over again during that season of our lives. Um, It honestly might've been in part the way that the house faced because I feel like in that house, more than any other house I've ever lived in, there was constantly like a stream of sunshine coming through in some space. And I would just find it and I would curl up and it was just the most glorious thing. Try it, I promise. Cats have got something figured out because that seems to be their jam, curling up in the sun. And while I am not, in fact, a cat person, I'm with them on that. Um, Another thing I used to do when we were in the process of writing The Power of Starting Something Stupid is I would stand on my head. I know, like, again, so silly, but I would either do a handstand or I would stand on my head. And I think the reason that that helped me so much was that, again, it was such a stressful time and the stress felt so crushing. And when you're doing a handstand or headstand, you aren't thinking about anything else. It's really, really hard to do a handstand or a headstand and not be focused on balancing, right? Or not tipping over. And that, I think, just coupled with the blood rushing to your head and just being inverted, I mean, the whole thing, it was the magic bullet. Every single time it helped me break through and get back to the work. It was such a a tool for me. And it was always such a joke. Like um, anytime one of the kids would walk in the room, they'd be like, oh, mom needs a little break. She's doing another headstand. Or, oh, mom needs to get get her creativity flowing again. She's doing a headstand, you know. Or I'd get stuck in something, whether it was the book or something else. And the kids would be like, mom, do you need to do a headstand? <laughs> you know? And um, anyway, it, but it works. I'm telling you, don't hurt yourself. But if it's your thing, give it a shot. Next. Um, and in all sincerity, I, I know that this next one feels like the hardest thing ever, but 
the reality is sometimes you just have to sit down and do the work even when you don't want to. And that's particularly true of um, projects that require, like like any type, any type of artistic creation or, you know, writing or um, anything that requires us to really focus mentally and be present, especially when we need to be emotionally present as well. Um, it can be really easy to find a million different things to avoid that project or that um, that commitment or that goal or whatever it may be. But if we just put our butts in the chair and just do the work, um, it gets easier. It really, really does get easier. But one way to make that effective, and this is something that I rely on legitimately every day of my life. I am a big fan of setting timers, um, whether it's for 10 minutes or 15 minutes or 20 minutes and just saying, look, I am going to focus and only do this one thing for 20 minutes and I'm going to get done as much as I get done. And I don't have to finish. And um, I may not even do the best work, but I'm going to work solidly for 20 minutes. And usually by the end of that 20 minutes, I've gotten in a groove and I don't want to stop, right? Um, and sometimes I let myself stop after 20 minutes, but at least I'm able to stop with a sense of accomplishment, knowing that I showed up and I did my best and that I at least um, tried to follow through. And on some days that may be all I've got, right? That 20 minutes, but that's okay. On other days, you know, I tell myself, okay, I'm going to do 20 minutes and I'm going to take 20 minute break and I'm going to do 20 minutes. But the point is just using that timer to incentivize me and to help me know that there is a beginning and an end, that it's not just this thing where I have to sit down and just focus, focus, focus and make it happen, but that I've got um, a time constraint around it. And um, that is an incredibly successful strategy for me in order to just kind of stay with something and make sure that I get it done. Another thing, and again, this might sound some really silly to some people, but another thing that really helps me is um, working with someone. And I don't mean like having someone come over and help me with the project or what I mean, and my mom and I have done this for years, is we will either call or text each other and say, okay, I will race you. What do you want to do? And one of us will say like, okay, I'm going to unload my dishwasher. And the other one will say, okay, I'm going to fold a load of laundry. And then we're like, hey, ready, set, go. And we race and we see who's done first, right? The goal is not to be the one who's done last. Um, or we set a timer and we say, okay, in this 20 minutes, here's what I'm going to get done. You know, and we list. And then I say, I'm going to do these three things. And she says, okay, I'm going to do these three things. Ready, go. And we're racing against the clock, but we're also accountable to each other. And I know that that sounds so silly, but take it from someone who is very very prone to distraction, um, but also who recognizes the levity of certain things in my life. Like I really, I'm, I, I want to be accomplished. I want to be ambitious. And um, a lot of times I'm working against myself because while I have the deepest desire to do and to achieve certain things, I am constantly working against myself as it relates to my habits or my tendencies. And these are things that I've become increasingly aware of over the last like five to six, seven years. And so I've put all of these things in place to really, really help myself. And accountability, um, working with an accountability partner on big and small goals is essential. It is so, so, so profoundly helpful for me. Um, and that I would say second only to that would be um, working with a timer within time constraints. And um, those two hand in hand are just the magic ticket. They really, really have helped me um, be able to follow through with things and to be able to feel a sense of um, purpose as though I'm really following through with those things that I profess matter the very most to me. Because I mean, look for a minute at your own life. Are there certain things that you know you value, but nobody else would know you value them? 
Meaning in your heart and in your soul, these are things that you know matter, but nothing about your observable behavior prioritizes those things. Take a minute just to think about that because I guarantee in almost every single one of your lives, there's some space where what you value internally is not being expressed through your external actions. And taking an inventory of that nature from time to time is such an important step to remaining aligned and to remaining um again, I'm going to use the word alignment, within alignment to your highest purpose and to those things within you that you know matter the very most. And I'm not trying to like uh, horribleize or um, make like, like emotionally manipulate or anything, but take it from me, life is so short and we put off so many of the things that matter the very most to us. And then all of a sudden the opportunity is gone. And in the most extreme sense, I think of like my brother um, who passed away way too soon at 21 years old, or for me, the loss of my my young son and certain things that, you know, we may have put off doing with them or certain uh, projects that my brother may have never had an opportunity to complete. Anyway, for me, the temporary nature of life is so blaringly obvious. I, I can't ever escape that deep knowledge. And at this phase in my life, I'm really trying to embrace that um, urgency and trying to do and be. And this is the interesting thing. And perhaps this is the overall message of this entire silly little podcast episode. Um, The message is, I think, that we think we can't do things and we think that we don't have it what, what it takes or we think that it's going to be so hard and so exhausting. But what I'm learning is that the opposite is true. I'm more energized. I have more to give. I'm doing more than I have done since my stroke two years ago, two plus years ago. And yet I'm feeling more energized and more capable than I have in ages And it's counterintuitive, right? Like we think that the opposite would be true, but that's not my experience right now. My experience is indicating something very different. My experience is indicating that the more that I do and the harder I work, the easier the work becomes. And it makes me think of the quote, and I don't remember who said said this, and I don't remember it specifically, but it's something along the lines of that which we persist in doing becomes easier. And it's not because the nature of the thing has changed. It's because our ability to do it has increased. I'm going to repeat that. That which we persist in doing um, becomes easier. I think that's how it goes. Not because the nature of the thing has changed, but because our ability to do it has increased. And I just want you guys to know out there, I see you working hard. I see you pushing through. And I just want to encourage you to keep going because I can promise you from where I sit right now, I, I know that as we work hard and as we persist, the nature of what we're doing doesn't change, but our capacity to do it and to do it well increases and the energy that we feel and the passion and the excitement, um, it increases and it increases. And yeah, it dips sometimes. And sometimes there are going to be periods where we feel exhausted and we feel overwhelmed. But if we continue to press forward, that enthusiasm that we feel will come back. It will. And all of this to say, yeah, 
for sure, there are some projects we need to ditch. There are some things we need to say no to, but that's not what we're talking about here today. What we're talking about here today is those things that we want to do, those things that in the deepest part of our hearts, um, we know, we value, and finding the courage and trusting ourselves enough to know that we've got what it takes and that the energy will show up that will have everything we need because this thing is that important. And you guys are amazing. I know this podcast episode was a little bit wonky, but I hope that there was at least a takeaway or two here for you today. And, um, Thank you for being the kind of audience and for being the kind of space where I feel like I can show up like this and um, not always have it all together and all perfect and all nailed down. Um, because frankly, that's not gonna be sustainable for me over the long run. And if I plan to keep doing this forever, um, I've got to find a way to make it sustainable. And a part of that process is going to be nailing down different ways to record and different times to record. And um, But I'm learning and I'm growing. And um, right now I, I've taken on a lot of work in order to be able to continue doing the podcast, um, to continue to bankroll it, so to speak, until um, it's self-sustaining on its own. And a part of that means that I'm going to just have to do my best, right? That's all I can do. And so thank you guys for being the kind of tribe where I know that my best is always going to be enough. And I just love you guys so much. And as always, as always, make it a great day. I believe in you. Thank you for being here and for listening to episode nine. I will catch up with you very soon. You make me feel like I can I'm Natalie Norton, and you have been listening to the Show Up Podcast. Until next time, my beautiful friend, keep showing up, keep that heart wide open, and as always, remember, your best is always enough.